So we are going to continue. We are we continue with text number eighty-nine. Eighty-nine. Okay. <clears throat> what Christ our God called the narrow way, He also called an easy yoke and light burden. How could He equate these things when they seem to be contraries? For our nature, certainly, this path is harsh and steep. But those who pursue it wholeheartedly and with good hope and who aspire after holiness find it attractive and full of delight, for it brings them pleasure, not affliction. Hence, they eagerly follow the narrow and painful way, greatly preferring it to that which is broad and spacious. Listen to St. Luke, who tells us how the apostles, after being beaten, departed from the presence of the consul rejoicing even though this is not the natural effect of a beating. For scourges normally cause not pleasure and joy, but pain and suffering. Yet if, because of Christ, they resulted in joy, what wonder is it if other forms of bodily hardship and ill treatment have, because of him, the same effect? This is a very interesting text, and uh, well, I would, I would uh, expand it a little bit because just not only what he touched is clear, but what is interesting when you read these holy fathers and their, their advices to spiritual life, you can hear always. Everybody says that, that if you have a comfortable life, you are on the wrong path. If you have a comfortable life. And, uh, and this is something what really strikes you because, I, I mean, you would expect that, well, to follow God, it means to receive his blessings to have some kind of good life. And especially this is uh, how in present time, many times Christianity is introduced to others. You know, that come, receive, uh, accept Christ as your savior and many things will be uh, fixed in your life. What is true? What is true? If we follow like Christ's commandments, so yes, there there is some kind of uh, way of life which is uh, without some kind of trembling and hesitation and and some kind of of, of uh, uh, upside downs, you know that uh, you know that you know I mean that it is, but but it is not comfortable way and and. Many times we we really uh, are under this illusion that our life with Christ is some kind of this walk through this rose garden that everything is great and easy and without pain, without sorry, and we don't need to. This is like common, I would say, uh, thought people have outside of church about Christianity. 
and many times they don't like that. Many times they don't like that. Or like I, I was, we uh, had uh, men's group yesterday and we were discussing some topics and I mentioned that this, it came to my memory at the time when I was teaching religious class in Slovakia, there were like those guys like 12 up to 15 and it was before ascension, so I used opportunity. It was we are talking about heaven, you know, that is our eternal life, and and uh, one asked, what is like heaven like? You know that well, so you you are in heaven, you you are praising, glorifying God all time, and uh, it's blessedness. And he said, so we are praying all time in heaven. I said, yes, you know, but it's different prayer, but we are, yes, we are worshiping God, I said, nothing for me. <laughs> no, but you know, look, one thing is that, no, but if you have experience, if you have experienced this prayer, the prayer life is tough. If this is, if for him was difficult to pray morning or evening with these few short prayers, to then perception that okay in heaven I will be non-stop praying it was not something he would like to do. I always wondered you know, what else would we do in heaven. I mean, we'd be perfectly happy, but like that man, made me be bored just praying all the time and doing the same thing all the time. But the angels. The angels don't get bored, like they're always happy to praise. Okay, you, well, we are touching one thing, what I want to say, you know, that it is that uh, if we, uh, it depends when we make this projection, what is our prayer now. So for sure, I don't want to spend eternity to pray in the way I'm, I'm praying now. But if I am not practicing, if I'm not trying to choose that narrow path, it means forcing myself every day to to make my prayer a prayer like more deeper. So then it will be uh, heaven will be unpleasant for me. You know? But, well, if I'm trying, even I don't reach perfectness, God will fulfill what is missing. But if I am not trying that, if I am choosing then to that easier way, you know, for that boy I mentioned, yes, this wild, easy way, comfortable way was to, to force himself to check this task and to say, one our Father, Hail Mary, morning and evening, and well, he fulfilled uh, what he must, what was demanded from him, but it was not something that what was expressing of his deep relationship to God. So, and if somebody, you can start somewhere there, and if you are trying to go deeper, that you start to go on this, you are chosen to this narrow path, is that 
you try to make it more perfect. So then, well, I, I'm just saying that, that God sees to our hearts. And many times, well, we can do uh, so much as a measure of His grace. Like this is talents, you know, that somebody got only one talent, somebody got two, some five. So even you can make your progress in the measure of His grace. But if you don't make this, uh, don't use that, so then you are in trouble. Does it make sense? So, so for us to, we always have to keep in mind that in all the things which are connected with our faith, we are invited through Christ to follow this commandment, to choose this narrow path. And we are choosing this narrow path when we try to reach our limits. So that I am not satisfied, you know, with the way how I am living now. So I might not be able to fast very strictly, but while I am pushing myself to be to make this fast more strict than it was last year. You know, I am pushing myself to be attentive to prayer and even to ask God for help to pray better. And in all these aspects of spiritual life, in all these commandments we are supposed to follow, it should be this my desire to grow in this. And once I choose this, this narrow path, it will take away all comfortable states of my life. You know, because I can spend evening or morning in some kind of easy way, but when we were in, in the seminary, when one old priest taught us on Saturday, because we were in Roman Catholic seminary, so we had five years with Roman Catholics, and six years was for us, Brazilian Catholics, to learn about liturgy and stuff. And this old priest who was like pastor of the parish in Bratislava, uh, once he said that, look, you will know if you are super tired after liturgy, then liturgy went well. If you are not tired after liturgy, you didn't do it well. And I tell you, this is so true. This is so, so true that, that it takes like so much energy to be trying to con to be concentrated on the liturgy. And when, when it is happening, you know, when this is happening that, well, you keep this attention to prayer and you call to yourself, oh, today it's so easy to, to concentrate. Always when, when the thought comes to my mind, I make a mistake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Exactly, this is like punishment for God. So you know mm -hmm. that when I make a mistake, so I was, <laughs> my attention went to different way and proud thought <laughs> was born in my heart. But, but it means that, again, I can, I can do morning prayers and it should be difficult. 
evening prayer, it should be difficult. You know, it, it is like this mental activity which many times equals to uh, to a physical in in losing of like energy uh, you have. So it is it is really something that. It's really this narrow path. But I mean that in everything that we are doing, we have to always, when it seems to us that it is comfortable for us, or easy, so something's wrong with that. Because our way is way of cross. You know, when we are defeating ourselves, and we have to always, each this ascetical, ascetical effort, it should be effort which where we are sweating. You know that uh, it is it is effort. All right, can you continue? Mm-hmm. While we are oppressed and imprisoned by the passions we are often at a loss to know why we suffer from them. We must, therefore, realize that it is because we allow ourselves to be diverted from the contemplation of God that we are taken captive in this way. But if a man fixes his intellect without distraction on our Master and God, then the Savior of all can himself be trusted to deliver such a soul from its impassioned servitude. It is of this that the prophet speaks when he says, I have set the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I shall not be moved. What is sweeter or safer than always to have the Lord at our right hand, protecting and guarding us, and not letting us be moved? And to attain this is within our power. Quite difficult. Isn't it? What he says, but he talks to us who can recognize our passions. And we can point to our soul, okay, this is bad habit, this is something that's wrong, this is something that I cannot defeat in my in my life. This is something that hits me again and again. And uh, uh, I think that uh, uh, we have, everybody has this. Everybody has something. And uh, I, uh, for sure, there are rare, rare cases, real people, but there are not so many who through really strictness of life came to this this passion that they are like immune to this. Um, but uh, in general, there is no person who would not have this inner fight. And uh, some fights are very visible. These passions are are painful and uh, um, and and we keep them in mind and they remind us our weakness very often and, and they make 
they put us to shame when we fail. But there are many times even like, those are mostly these bodily like passions, but there are these higher passions, spiritual or passion of the soul, like pride, envy. Um, those are more often present and and many times people they don't see them as a big problem because they are like blind towards them they would if for example that one who is for example has some kind of bodily passion and fights against them and and it puts him to shame that person very often after a failure says lord have mercy lord have mercy help me but those who are under this passion of anger, proud, pride, and similar, they don't do it very often. They are in a bigger danger. And uh, so we have to be very, very careful in watching and uh, make this discerning of my soul and, and of our souls and, and uh, finding these this things which are in our heart which inflected our heart because and we have to keep in mind that the, there are passions which are very visible and we put shame to us and so it means that it is good for us i would say because we can do repentance very fast quickly but there are passions which are so a little bit hidden and they might cause bigger damage to soul and this bodily. So at at first we have to recognize that now what Saint Theodorus tells us is that this failure in fight with passion is caused when we lose God from our mind. When when we stop to complete uh, to, to think about God but when God is not present in our mind, and it might be like for even like short time, and it's so easy, you know, to lose this um, thought about God in, in in our minds, and then how fast we are going to uh, how fast we are going to to go from pious like acting and thinking to sin. It's like this change is so sudden and and uh, yeah and uh, it's it's just just I would say moment. So this is why. One of these exercises, these teachers of spiritual life uh, gives us is remembrance of God. That we should try to remember God all time. And now, how to do this? It's quite difficult because, again, it doesn't. It this it is practice. We have to force ourselves. And uh, so, some people they have they do it with that that they try to acquire like habit to bless ask 
God's for blessing of each person they meet. So they, they are, when they are meeting personal, and they say, oh God, bless him. Please bless him. Bless him, bless him. Or some, some people, they say, Lord, have mercy on his soul, her soul. They are asking grace, you know, for forgiveness. Some people, they, they create this, this, they connect it, this remembrance of God, to try to see, like, image of God in the person that is, it is uh, personal love by God, you know, that God loves him, so while I'm approaching them as a, you know, like, if there is like son of president, so you are going to treat that person right, correctly, you know. <laughs> um, and so there's a many ways how people try to, to create these habits, this connection with people, for example, to, to be able to remember God all the time. And it's difficult. It's difficult. And even if you are trying to do this, to create this remembrance of God to be present all the time, uh, you will have this experience that it, it is just a few moments of that you are not in this tension in, inside, that you go like totally opposite, totally, and and uh, it is it is difficult, and and sometimes when you try to do this, so God will try to test you, you know, and uh, and. Uh, Well, God is going to test you too, because temptations are not only from evil one. No. Remember that story I told you about the monk who was asking God for humility. So he was praying for that, again, and again, non-stop. He was talking to his spiritual father that well for blessing to pray for that, for this gift of humility. And there was Sunday, there there was like missing like sacristan in local church called monastery. So his superior sent him to that church to serve to priest as a sacristan. So even there he did everything what he was supposed. And suddenly priest when he came and he in front of full church. He yelled at him, and because he did something wrong, and this he was humiliation, like, and this monk was written back to monastery crying, why, 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 I did nothing, you know, I poor monk, you know. So he ran to his uh, spiritual father, and he told him that, well, did you pray for humility? God arranged that. So this is like, uh, what. I'm saying that God allow, uh, gives us this, uh, leads us to these situations. All right. More questions? Let's continue. Let's well, not finish today, no, at least we have to <laughs> expand this a little more. There's no gainsaying what the fathers have so well affirmed 
that a man does not find rest except by acquiring inwardly the thought that God and he alone exist. And so he does not let his intellect wander at all towards anything whatsoever, but longs only for him, cleaving to him alone. Such a man will find true rest and freedom from the tyranny of passions. My soul, as David says, is bound to thee. Thy right hand has upheld me. Okay, so he continues in this theme and uh, he gives us these words as an encouragement to follow this, some kind of this non-stop remembrance of God in our hearts. And uh, we can say that uh, I, we, did, we were talking about this last meeting, I think, and say how it is possible, it's impossible, but it's impossible because we are attached to many things. Mm -hmm. Too many things are in our heart present, uh, which and they demand our attention. And actually, we like this demand. We like to pay attention to those things. And uh, so this is why... Uh, this is why uh, detachment is one of the basic first steps in our spiritual life. To really to find out what what is uh, uh, what ties us with this world, and it is really recognize that you know because there is a good question to ask if we go through to another thing we find, I said, if I lose these things, would I be unhappy? Will I will be like crying and not happy that I lost this? Because this, this thought reveals us how much we are attached to something, to somebody, you know, to some kind of activity. If I'm going, to, if I'm going to lose it, and and this is this is something what what uh, uh, what is very important. There was like a story about a young monk from this one of these stories, holy fathers that he joined monastery, and a second third day. Elder found saw him crying, and he said, "Why are you crying?" He said, "Well, um, I miss my parents." So Elder told him, "Go home. When you make your heart free for God, come back." You know, even like this thing was serious, like barrier to grow in virtues and to grow in that. It doesn't mean, for example, in his, this case, uh, Elder didn't tell him, stop to love your parents. Yeah. Well, he said, make, love them, but make your heart free for God. And uh, it is something what is, what is very difficult to do. 
because we can be attached to so many things and without knowing about that. And those things, they, they all demand our attention and it takes us away from attention to God. When we try to become free, so then somehow the grace causes that naturally we are led to God. If we cut off this, this like balloon, uh, this big one, or this balloon, mm-hmm. big one that it's tied to to earth with ropes, wants to fly, but these ropes hold them, and when we cut these ropes, that they are going up. Mm-hmm. Naturally, you know, because it is, it is something what is in the soul to be this God. But we have to make this soul like free from those ropes be able to to fly and and it's it's difficult you have to investigate you know that that uh, uh, there's like one story uh, about monk who uh, was very critical about uh, bishops and even Pope, you know, that, well, I am here, I have nothing, nothing. And, well, how can they be saved, like, when they live in these beautiful residences, chanceries, and so how how difficult for them to be saved? He was saying to, to another monk, and the monk answered him, look, you have nothing, but you have a cat. And look, you are more tied to this cat than Pope to he, to the riches of this basilica. And this is what what is something what we don't realize that it's not that like poverty. That it's it's the pro, it, that this this freedom which I have from things people, activities, you know, and, and this is a difficult thing to do, to, to, to make this detachment. But one thing is for sure that when you try and you do this, uh, after cutting one row or another, you will notice how f- fast you are start to grow in spiritual life how many things will become like clearer and that easier, but uh, s- you have this excitement inside. I don't know if it's the right word, which, which uh, causes that you will be going up somehow easier, you know, than otherwise. This, this is a very, very important part. And uh, And look, this is this is happening. God leads us to this detachment, even against our will, many times. It is arranged like in life of people. You look, you, when, if you don't do this like by yourself, so then you become like, okay, you grow, you have children, 
And suddenly, there's times that children are going out from the house. It's a difficult moment. It's, uh, it's really an act of detachment. You have to let them go. Because it's natural. But it is difficult. And more you are going, like growing, and uh, old age is coming, slowly you are... Uh, God causes this detachment through your weakness. You are giving up activities you used to do. Your life is simpler and simpler. And many times you go to the stage when you cannot do anything. So it means that you are in some way experiencing this puzzle detachment. And it is, it is arranged by God and it causes soul to really enter to eternal life easier because you can, you can make enormous progress during that time, a process of aging, if you are prepared for that. If you are not trying to live spiritual life, to, so then you, you have temptations and in some kind it can be spirit of bitterness, anger, greed, it can be. Did you notice that who is buying the most lottery tickets? People on retirement. On mm -hmm. retirement, older people. This is like, the, what I read it was like over 70% tickets bought in lottery by this group of people. Why? Because slowly you are losing, you are losing things. And you know that then suddenly, okay, this is a chance to gain something. So instead of, uh, of accepting this process of detachment, they want to stay attached. They, and, and they want to have uh, what they are not able to do by their own strength. You know, they are not able to work harder or to take second, third job, to have more money, but this, this attachment to money, to rich, richness, or to money, I would say, is there. So this is way how they can have hope to acquire this, this more money or whatever. So it, it is it is difficult, and those are like when we when we read this Holy Father, they go like he's like sculptor, you know, and they uncover one part of another, and they they put our heart, to, they cut to pieces, and they check each piece, and look, look, look. <laughs> those are like bad parts. You have to put your heart together correctly. Okay. Self-love, love of pleasure and love of praise, banish remembrance of God from the soul. Self-love begets unimaginable evils, and when remembrance of God is absent, there's a tumult of the passions within us.
Okay, we, so we touched a little bit of things. Self-allow, allow uh, like this, this vainglory. Mm -hmm. If this is present, this causes that remembrance of God is gone. So it cannot stay uh, in heart. If there is self-love in me, so there is no remembrance of God. And I remember God uh, in the state when there is this self-love. So usually I remember the God in the way that I am abusing him. I, I mean that I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to think how to use God to fulfill my selfish desires. <coughs> this is why, you know, it's it's not easy, those things we are we, we are reading about. And uh, and uh, and this this is why why This, why we don't have a lot of followers of real truth in this world. And I was listening to the one video, was interview with um, one man who uh, eight years ago or nine, eight, well, several years ago, he quit his uh, membership in uh, some kind of charismatical group in Slovakia. And he was talking about his experience and he gave like early warning uh, against this, based on what he experienced. And he said, uh, it was something he joined with his wife very gladly because he said uh, it was so different from this Catholic world. He said, I, I, was, uh, I, I didn't see value when I saw my grand, uh, grandmother. She was like nonstop saying rosary and going mass and praying and uh, keeping fast and everything. I said, well, what kind of religion it is? He said that it was always like a mystery for me that what there is no joy, nothing is like it. it he said it. It looked. Uh, it, it was like cold for me. <sighs> nothing giving, and then he said that uh, when he they were invited by friends to this uh, meeting, he said, "Wow, there was life there. I like uh, music, and they were talking languages." And they were sharing their stories, and and I thought that my heart is going to explode. It's like totally new, new world. And he said that it was like they were totally taken and consumed by that. And he said that after two years be, being this uh, group, his grandmother was dying, and so he came to her, to her and he was trying to force her to receive Christ, to receive Christ. And, and he said, she said nothing. 
she was just looking at me with these eyes, like feeling sorry for me. I said, how it is possible the Holy Spirit is not working this case? Why Holy Spirit is not changing her heart? And and uh, I said, but now I understand. She had truth, and she lived a good truth. And she felt sorry for me at the time that I tried to bring her to Christ. And and he said that then he realized after like six years, five or six years, he's, when he said this excitement is gone. Once you're hardly satisfied with the things, is uh, so then then it is everything empty. He said that it was last year in this community was like horrible. He hated everything. See, and, and like his eyes was open for bad behavior of leaders and whatever. But the, he was explaining that well, you have to realize that like this, he said, this prayers for healing never started somewhere in the beginning and never were done in silence. At first you were prepared by music for that, singing to get yourself to trance. And he said, he was like in band uh, for leading the music. And there was, he said, you had to have one rhythm of these drummers, mm -hmm. one rhythm which was supposed to synchronize with beating of heart. He said that it was not, nothing was like spontaneous. For people, maybe yes, but when you follow these instructions, you realize that everything was led, of, was this chosen of hymns and even rhythm uh, of the song, everything was in order to prepare everybody for the message which was given after, during that music, or then this healing. And he said, well, it was like a big thing that um, one lady was healed from cancer. Uh, like everybody was excited. She died four days after. You know? There, I know about a case that uh, there was one priest, our priest, present Catholic priest, he was, he was, uh, um, he had several like these homilies directed towards this charismatical movement when it started to appear and and uh, once after liturgy one couple of this uh, 14 years old son came after to him and said look father you are wrong our son was healed during that meeting and uh, this priest said well We'll see. He put his hand on his head and, and make, uh, made this in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. And then that young boy immediately fell to, back to that deceased he was before. It was strange. And it was like so sobering for that parent, parents, you know. I, I cannot, I don't know how to explain that. This is real, people saw that. Uh, I, 
and this, this just priest said he was not healed. But he, he had these signs of healing. You know? It was strange, very strange. Mm -hmm. So a, a woman who was very involved in the, 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 the charismatic movement in the Catholic Church, um, <coughs> they, they get these rousing homilies and that, and they get these overwhelming feelings, and that's <coughs> what they call an altar call, where you come up and give your life to Jesus. Well, she said, that's what the Catholic Church needs. They need an altar call. I said, we already have one. It's called communion. You know, and that's when you walk up and give. She goes, no, it's not the same. I said, well, it's better. It's not the same. <laughs> uh, she just didn't, she was just confused by the whole thing. She just really thought that that was the way to go. Well, uh, but look, one thing is that uh, those people are there. Even we criticize them. We say, "Well, it's not the wrong. It's wrong way." The fact that they are there, it means they are searching for something. You know that this is this is something what we have to acknowledge. And the second thing, or question, we have to ask: Why they are not finding in in our communities this fulfillment? No, so this is it. It is difficult uh, question, and I think that to answer this question, I think it's here that we have to really form ourselves according to the truth. Because many times we stay in this comfortable path, you know, that how to live our faith in our parishes. And, and look, what is truth is that, uh, and I am not criticizing, I'm just saying that how many people in our parishes are that are satisfied to come on Sunday, that's it. You know, I, and, and they see themselves as a good Christians. And I, I dare to say that many of them they have very shallow understanding how to live life with Christ. I dare to say that their way of thinking how to live spiritual life is formed by mass media or movies or how world presents it and understands then it is true a core teaching of church. And and for sure this cannot be so attractive. So it, it, for sure, in this way, we cannot, if somebody lives under this um, instructions of the world, how to live faith. So how somebody in the world would like to join that? You know, it's, it's not, it's like, I, uh, my brother, he told me that there would be problem in Slovakia because they had this art dance for a long time. And, and everybody, bishops and priests, they, they were like scre screaming, liturgists and everything, encouraging people to watch that. And For sure, you have to do if government calls the churches, everything. So it was the way, but, it's, but it was too long, very long. And uh, they said, now 
there is a lot of people who are not returning back. But I think we watch. We watch Dr. G. You know, and uh, and uh, how easy it is to to lose this contact with God, to lose this ability to. What I, what I mean is that those who who lived according to this instructional world or this shallow understanding, so it was not difficult for them to jump like level down. And look, and I think that their children, this new generation who has this, who have this approach now, their children will be not baptized. Okay. I, I, I have discouraged to say this. How do we prepare ourselves for the process of grief in order to not become bitter? when we lose people we love, right? Because you were saying we have to separate that attachment to make our love, our focus towards God, right? So we lose people we love, obviously we grieve. But how do you stay on a healthy path of grief and keep your focus on God and let that go, have that separation? Well, you uh, you don't need to learn this. It comes naturally. Because when you start this process of detachment and you are focusing on God, mm-hmm. there's some kind of this, your, this inner world is transformed. And then you start to 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 see things differently. And look, it doesn't mean then that you will not have this pain, natural pain, you know, from the rules. When Christ came to Lazarus, Lazarus grave, the the, the shortest sentence in Bible, I think, he wept. Yep. So it means that Yes, there was this sadness, but then he gave him back life. So I, uh, this sadness which he had it was not sadness which was without hope. You know that that even we are losing things uh, or people, but well, it's different when I am devastated with that grief as those who don't have hope. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, yes, I'm sad because it's sure love causes that I have this pain, but this pain is not um, ruling over me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, because I have hope. I, I know this is not the, the end of life. For them, for me too, that, well... <coughs> so, so it, it's... Pain, which is not, I would say it's pain without depression or, you know, does it make sense? Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't mean that this detachment causes that I am like without feelings, yes. 
that now everything like is no. But it doesn't cause me uh, this grievance, grievance, which leads to which is marked or caused by hopelessness or depression or this bad movement, you know. So it is yes. I am sad, for example. Uh, I am. I am. Uh, if I am giving up, for example, uh, meeting with uh, with some people, and but it's it's, it's like form of fun, mm-hmm. and and it seems like innocent. But well, uh, when I make judgment that this is not necessary, and uh, I am losing that because well, I. I want to be more free for God. Yes, there will be like this healthy, you know, sadness that well, that I I miss those things, but it will be not something that will push me to tears or some kind of despair. Because yes, I know why I'm doing that. It's like uh, Christ was um, when he. From all this is passion from Gethsemane up to cross to Golgotha. Everything was painful. He was not immune to pain. But well, he knew why he's doing that. You know? So he was experiencing this with all these effects of these <sighs> things which were which was happening to him. But still, he had this freedom inside that he decided, I'm doing to, I'm just following God's will. And this was his decision, this, this will, he was following that. So same thing is that this detachment causes that it doesn't remove like this, our pains, which are caused by that, but it makes us free to fulfill God's will. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Well, difficult question, difficult this text. And this is not uh, and this is not something what we can use as an ad to attract <laughs> others. <laughs> Somebody from our PC said that that we should put to our signs in the uh, uh, in front of church to attract new people, he said, do you want to feel miserable? Join us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>